When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2, only on Hulu, Friday. Look at us, all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots! 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 Why this Friday. He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into total chaos. Vacation Friends 2, rated R, streaming only on Hulu, Friday. We are back on the death lineup to talk about the Warriors really getting the bump speed off of them by the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. But we'll also talk about the game on Saturday in which they did the same thing to the Boston Celtics. But before that, since we are a network that covers the Warriors, the 49ers, and the Giants, we kind of got to talk about Carlos Correa for a, a few seconds here. The Giants signed him or are in the midst of signing him to a 13-year deal for $350 million. So no Aaron Judge. But they get Carlos Correa, and I don't know what they do with Crawford now. I guess someone's got to play second base. Estrada. I know, but then we're just well, then third. I feel like third's the more open position because you got J.D. Davis, VR, and Craw. I think that would be. I mean, I mean, like, are we? This is like an issue that I feel like is small picture. You know, big picture. We signed Correa. Let's 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 tackle that one when we get there. Second base is you, you probably want your second best infielder at second base. So I don't know what that says okay. for Estrada. Um, maybe he becomes a little bit more of a utility. Yeah, well, they were using him in the outfield a little bit. Like a couple games, I remember him in left. And yeah. I mean, he's speedy. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, and yeah, we'll we'll see what happens at uh, at third base there. There's uh, lots of implications to this thing because the Giants' top prospect is uh, Marco Luciano. He is playing shortstop currently. But I think he always um, he he always modeled better a, as a corner infielder just because of his size, or yeah, maybe a corner a outfielder. Um, but yeah, so uh, so yeah, good stuff there, and you know, everything will come out tomorrow, I'm sure. But we just had to announce it. We had to mention it because it just happened about I don't know about like 15 minutes ago. So we need ESPN credentials at the Carlos Correa press <laughs> conference, and I'll just take video the whole time. Yeah, that would be cool. Uh, so one other thing is we are streaming on YouTube and we are streaming on Twitter as well. 
However, I have not been able to update Facebook in any way to even let folks know that we were recording because Facebook disabled my Facebook account for some reason. I have no idea why. It happened to me too. They didn't tell me why. I requested an appeal, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's kind of funky. Like I've never I've never been fully locked out of Facebook before in the entire time I've had an account, which probably goes all the way back to 2006 or I don't know, maybe even before that. Oh, you got no locked idea. out of Facebook? I thought you just got StreamYard wasn't letting you post on Facebook. No. Got You're locked out of Facebook. Out of Facebook. So oh. I didn't even stream onto uh into our group or onto the page because I didn't know if like that was going to be some sort of demerit against me, if it actually worked and I've technically have a disabled account. So, wow. Yeah. I don't know. Bad times. Uh, I, I mean, you know, you know what I do for next door is make people follow the community guidelines. So if any of anyone to like violate rules, like I'm like the last person to do that. So <laughs> it's gotta be some sort of mistake or I may have to hit up some folks who work there. So, uh, okay. So uh, while we're not streaming to Facebook, uh, we are sure, like I said, YouTube and Twitter, uh, let's talk about what was a very, very disappointing game though. I don't know if it was all that unpredictable, the Warriors in Milwaukee, they looked out of sorts and frustrated, which was kind of the opposite of the game at Chase on Saturday against the Celtics. I have a problem when Steph starts slow. And I think some of this may be a Jordan Poole thing. Like, let's try to get Jordan Poole off because he is in the starting rotation. And so Steph kind of like just kind of tries and set people up. But... I think by because Jordan pulled the first three, then Clay hit hit a couple shots, but pretty much when when Milwaukee took the lead, I was like, okay, this is not going to be a Jordan Poole game. It's not going to be a a Clay game. If we win, this is going to be a Steph game. And still, he was not aggressive. Uh, he was trying to pick his spots, and then the game ran away from them. And then he had to be aggressive, and he was super frustrated. Got a tech from being fouled that uh, wasn't called. Steve Kerr also got a tech. Uh, then Andre got a tech at some point <laughs> uh, in the in the commercials. Kaminga got a tech. Poole got a tech. These guys are out of control. And you cannot give Milwaukee not only all the momentum, but just like five or six free free throws that, that you don't get back. I think the Warriors may have gotten two back. But yeah, what a disaster that that game turned out to be, even though I think if they had just played it straight and had uh, maybe had Kuminga in there a little bit more against Giannis, there would be small things to say, okay, that wasn't that bad. But the way that they played it, they, they went after it and then they were just dead. Like, I don't understand the energy part of this, considering Milwaukee's sec, you know, one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we have less of a problem with Curry starting slow if Clay and Poole are able to kind of get hot early. And Clay was doing fine early, but, you know, he ended up with what, like a 6 of 20 shooting line? Like it was something pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty atrocious like that. Um, 
But, you know, they played the Bucks twice last year. And the first time they played them, the Bucks whooped them like, yes. by, like 50 or something like that. And yes. I think the next game they went and played the Bulls and then whooped the Bulls like the Warriors did. But I remember the second time the Warriors played the Bucks, the Warriors beat them. And Steph didn't do anything. Steph was just like Mr. Gravity where, you know, Drew Holiday and someone else were doubling him. And Poole and Clay had a really good stat line and were able to, you know, just pick up the slack for Steph just not even being able to get a shot off because of how they were guarding him. Um, and so... I don't know if they were going for a similar game plan like that early in this game. I mean, it was just no Drew Holiday. So it was what Javion, I think his name is Javion, Javion Carter, uh, who wasn't bad defensively against Steph. Like he was kind of like, you know, Steph gets annoyed with those little pesky defenders, like the Facundo Compazzo. I'm probably saying his name wrong too, but all those little guys who guard him full court, it pisses him off. And I thought that he was going to get pissed off by Javion doing it, but Javion, not to say he had his number. It was just, it was, it was coupling of Steph, you know, not really, bringing it this game and coupling of the Warriors deciding, letting, letting the early techs kind of affect them. And, you know, and then a little bit of Carter actually being a pretty good defender. Uh, I think all of that just kind of put together was, was not great for Steph. I don't know that it was necessarily, I mean, Carter was, you know, he, he basically has to give up everything the rest of his game just to focus on Steph. But Steph didn't even really push it at all. He was just yeah. completely comfortable giving up the basketball. And maybe it is a thing where, again, he wants to get Clay and Jordan in the game. He wants to get them going because he knows if they're going, then, you know, late in the game, they'll be dependable. But Jordan Poole had a bad game. He, he was uh, missing layups. He was missing open threes. When the Warriors made a little bit of a comeback at the end of the first half, and he had a sequence in which he gave up a wide open three in the corner to kind of get Milwaukee back on track. And it, the whole reason is because he went for a steal. And so I paused it to see how close he was to the steal. It was even like a half-assed attempt at, at trying to intercept the pass. And so I'm just like, man, if you're if you don't have it, like, you know, you know, that just means it's going to be ping, bing, ping, bing in, in the corner. Three ball. It's like, why risk something like that? And then he gets the ball at the end of the first half and he's uh, slips like he always does. Ball goes out of bounds. And it's just like Steph is right there. Like, if you're not going to give it to Steph, you need to do something with the basketball. And dribbling it out of bounds is about the worst thing you can do. And I, I don't I don't know if Steph was really frustrated. He probably wasn't frustrated at his teammates. He was probably frustrated at those refs. But, you know, this is Steph giving Jordan a chance at the end of the quarter, which is Steph time. We saw that against Boston. He hurt so many feelings in the, at ha the right for the half in the Boston game. And yet it's Jordan. He's breakdancing and slips and dribbles the ball out of bounds. Mm -hmm. So that that kind of stuff um i know they want him to be aggressive i know they want him to be confident but some of it is like you know if steph has this basketball i'm going to be able to get open right if steph has this basketball because more tension is going to be on him now i can kind of get an open shot and go behind some screens and and let's run a play if he's breakdancing and he does not get to the bucket it is a waste of a possession. And I just don't, uh, in that game, with the momentum going the way that it was, Milwaukee's really good. They bottled Jordan up the, the first half. 
it's it's, it's just like okay this is this is time to give it to Steph and let him do something and I will go and get open it's just stuff like that that kind of frustrates me about this team but Steph at the end of the game he said something about you know if you ask me after game 10 my answer is a little different he thinks that they're close he thinks that they're you know getting there Uh, so that's good to hear but you know, the, in a game like this against a uh, a team that is this long, uh, if their offense is not cooking, you see what happens because it was cooking in Boston, yeah. and Boston is the one who was sort of playing like, you know, not their style of basketball, and for whatever reason, the Warriors well, that was the Warriors t- tonight. Yeah, and I mean, the loss of Wiggins <laughs> is like such a weird loss almost because you look at like the replacement on how they would fit that into the starting lineup if you lose Draymond or Kaminga it's pretty or sorry not Kaminga Draymond or Looney it's pretty easy to just insert like Kaminga into the starting lineup if you lose Steph or Clay it's pretty easy to just insert Jordan Poole into the starting lineup but when you lose Wiggins like then you have to put in the pool in the three guard lineup to start the game I don't like that lineup and then you know who plays a lot if, not my guy, Anthony Lamb. He's been good lately. Yeah, he's kind of good today. He, oh, I do have a stat. He, he was okay. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say in the plus minus category. I think Patrick Baldwin had a team high plus minus of four, but he only played like <laughs> ten minutes or eight minutes. Anthony Lamb played twenty five minutes and had a plus two, I believe it was. So like, I actually thought he had a good game today. I thought Lamb actually had a good game today against that Milwaukee Bucks team. He's too small. And he stuck the first two threes. And then the other ones were like barely hitting the rim. It's like he, he sucked us in there. And then it was sort of back to what we, what we, what we usually see from, from that three ball. Um, It's not his fault. He's, he's not supposed to be playing in games like this necessarily. He's, he's, he's a rookie as well. The, what, what, his second year? Second or third, he was on the Rockets and the Spurs, I think. Um, the I was trying, I was gonna say something off of wait, really said. quick. Oh, it, go, oh ahead. go for it. I was just gonna ask, we knew it was PBJ's hometown game, isn't it? Loons and Jordan's as well, yeah. I think there is something to like, I don't think Jordan's played well in Milwaukee yet. Like, if you look at his rookie year, he was probably in the G League when they played him in Milwaukee. Um, second year, I don't know if he was doing anything yet. I don't really remember the Milwaukee game in Milwaukee that year. Um, and then last year they get absolutely killed. And then this year, I, I just like, I, I think he might get butt cheeks playing in front of like his old girlfriends in the crowd or something. Uh, like, I, it feels like he was kind of just trying to do too much. And some of the shot attempts he got off were, were fine. Like he, he did some pick and roll and was able to get off some wide open, like free throw range middies and he just couldn't cash them. Um, yeah. There is something to be said about that. I believe. You know that the Bucs have just about the perfect player for the Warriors, and I'm not talking about Giannis. I'm not talking about Brooke Lopez, not talking about Middleton. Bobby Portis, oh, my gosh. If if Jermichael Green could do <laughs> one-fourth of what Bobby Portis does for the Bucs, gosh, that would be so Tell helpful. me, Tell me PBJ doesn't look feel like he could like do that at some point. I, I want to see more of him. You know, he's got a play in in games like this where he gets a little bit of a real NBA competition. Uh, Like I told you in text, I worry a little bit about his athleticism, but how nice was it for 
Milwaukee to go, okay, Giannis, you know, needs a, needs a playoff. Uh, you know, Middleton is, is kind of out near the three point line and Oh, Bobby Portis, just go get a bucket. And it's just like dribble, dribble, pump, fake, pump, fake, fade away bucket. Like yeah, he's good. They, they don't get, they don't get that at all from, from anybody. Uh, you would think, you know, I think, I think they want Kaminga to be able to do that at some point, but he's not quite there yet. And unless he can get a layup or a dunk. Right. Uh, but yeah, they don't they they don't get that at all. When they I guess their version of that is Wiggs in the post. And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes he throws up an ugly jump hook that has no chance, but sometimes he, you know, he can hit that little step back. So that's that's the the you know, when they need a two, it, it, sometimes it's just Wiggs in the post and he's not playing right now. So their I need a two is like a, a clay mid-range, you know, 17 footer or something. And you noticed uh Brooke uh Brooke Lopez also not really happy going out on shooters but it's a lot different when Brooke Lopez when you're attacking Brooke Lopez and Blake Griffin and mm-hmm. who's who's Luke Cornette then Giannis right cuz Giannis was able to contest like Giannis is is, is doing a Brooke little Lopez bit of Lopez one of the best interior defenders in the league no, no no but I know I know but I'm saying he Giannis drops like that. and you can shoot that that mid-range. Yeah. Giannis drops and he can still get out on that mid-range. So that was that was very interesting. Yeah, too. and that was that's one of my points too, is that I felt like I would like to know, and it's something we could figure out, but I just don't want to look it up. Warriors average three pointers attempted. And I'd only really be interested in the first three quarters because no one really played in the last quarter, but average three pointers attempted compared to this game. Because they did have some like, you know, those two lamb threes, the couple DiVincenzo threes. Felt like not as many Curry threes, not as many JP threes. Clay kind of hoisted them, but wasn't really cashing them. But like the Bucks shouldn't be able to limit our three point attempts as well as be that good interior defensively. Like I just think that maybe we were not as um, willing to shoot because against the Celtics, you know, who play drop coverage, like that was like the game plan was like, okay, no Horford or no Rob, even though they play drop, like Luke Cornette's not going to contest anything. Mm -hmm. So I just don't know why that wasn't like almost identical strategy against the Bucks. So the Warriors shot 53s today and they made 20 of them. So they shot 40, 40, they they shot 40%. Uh, Steph was three of 10. Uh, DiVincenzo was four of 10. Um, some of that was Baldwin at the end there. He he did hit a couple of those. Kaminga too. Yeah, I'd, Kaminga, I'd only be interested Kaminga's in three of five. quarters one through three, but yeah. Steph did take 10. That is like his like above it or his average or a little below. I don't But yeah, I mean, Brooke, Brooke does play heavy drop. If I'm still, I think the Bucks are, are the team that I'm scared of the most out of the entire league in a seven game series. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Giannis did, did not play. I, I wouldn't say he played that well. He, I don't think he played well, but he would just whenever, so whenever, whenever they were out on the fast break, he got a bucket in, in, uh, you know, in, in a set. Anytime he had to actually shoot, uh, he, he missed. He was uh, nine of 26 shooting tonight. <laughs> he got and, two, two 10 seconds on the free throws. What's yeah, going that was there? that was weird. I think when you look at a player like Steph, how good Steph is, like even if Steph has a bad game, it's like, okay, well, he still was able to create shots for others just by being in the game, like that type of gravity stuff. Like Giannis has a similar effect as well, but also like if Giannis has a bad game, like he's still going to foul out like three of your guys, you know, like that's still a very, that's still a skill he has without even having a good game. Camingo fouled, basically had five fouls, or he basically fouled out. Jermichael Green fouled out. Like, I don't know what Draymond was at, but they kind of pulled him early. I don't know what Loon was at, but, you know, Giannis has that to him. Even if he's having a bad game, he's able to just rack up the foul count on all your guys. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they did get, they got the benefit of, of they did. Being, they got playing, the good playing at home, getting a good whistle. And the, and the Warriors, they weren't going to get it because what were they doing after every call? Complaining and whining complaining. like babies. Jeez, Jonathan Kaminga has not done anything in this in this league to deserve how many times he yells at officials because he's unhappy with a call. Like I don't know where he gets that from. I I feel like we I'm not tolerating any Kaminga disrespect in this podcast for the next couple of weeks. It's not disrespect. Just, he's just allowed to yell at refs if he wants, man. I just want to see the guy. Play hard defense. He does. Or or play hard offense. He does. And make a play. Yep. And just be like, yeah, that's just what I do. And go back. Like, like a lot of times on offense, that's what he does. But on defense, he's so jumpy and hyper and going crazy and yelling at refs. And I'm just like, you're hurting. You, you pick your and choose. You pick and choose. Because you want Wiseman to do it. But when Kaminga does it and has a little bit of fire to him, now you're off. No, I don't. I I like the fire. I, I like the fire when it comes to being aggressive. He's just play. He plays with a lot of emotion. Like that's I, part of it. Like that, but that hurts him with the referees. It doesn't help him. He's got a fiery coach. He's got uh, Dray, Draymond's been like the. He's like been been the best. Did student he even out get there. tech today? No, that's got to be a record. Like how many techs were assessed in a game, and Draymond wasn't one of them. What was the deal with the with the guy that they had kicked out of the game? I heard Draymond was just chirping. There was a Bleacher Report video that I didn't watch. I don't know what was said. I don't know if he said anything in a press conference, but yeah, it sounds like this guy was just chirping. On social, it said something about a like a death threat or something. Like the, oh the, my fan, God. the fan was like saying something about 
gonna kill him. I don't I don't know. Something like that. Um, but uh yeah, he he was he quickly they quickly got that dude out of there. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I mean, again, to my point though, it's like Steph, Kerr, Kaminga, Jordan. And then on the other side, Bud. There's like three foul, I think three texts for the Bucks. None of them were Draymond. Mm-mm. It's this punching pool, namaste Draymond. Like he just wants to make he wants to wants to rebuild re- repair relationships and he just not gonna get attacked. Well, uh, you know the one thing, his he had the ankle tweak, and so there was talk about whether or not he's gonna play. I did notice he was not as active on offense in doing the pass out and immediately screen for the guys. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't doing that a lot. So I wonder if that was hampering the, the ankle was hampering his mobility to really get out there. And and do that because that's such a big part of their offense is him just passing and immediately screening, but he wasn't doing that a lot. Um, but uh, but by the way, I did say I wanted Kaminga to play more and to guard Giannis, so I did I did want to see him in that. You know, you needed it was it was quite obvious that Draymond was not was not interested in you know trying to figure out. He was just trying to play straight up. He's pl- trying to play straight up as much as possible. And Giannis can get to the rim so easily. And, and it was frustrating for him. But I wanted to see Kaminga get a chance because Kaminga's got those fast twitch uh, muscles and he's got quick hands. And, you know, he may have been able to to give Giannis some uh, some frustration, like you said, you know, guarding him full court or whatever, just bothering yeah, I, him, I, right? I tweeted that last year when they were down by 50 and the coach Bud just loves to keep Giannis in when they're up by so much. And so they put in Kaminga. I was like, let's see, let, let's see what Kaminga does on Giannis. And it actually wasn't bad, but today it felt like, like Looney was just the best defender on him. The thing is though, in the beginning of the game, it seemed like Draymond and Looney were kind of just like walling off the paint, which left Brooke Lopez open and Brooke Lopez started the game like four or five for five. And, and I, then I when was you put fine J- with that though. Yeah, me too, because he's not going to do that the entire game. But you put Jermichael Green in, and then Brooke was like, okay, I'm just going to shoot over him. I'm wide open. Um, but do you have any, like, I don't know, how do you want to close this? Then we should probably talk about the Boston game. But I feel like the closing remarks is that maybe we start guarding Giannis a little more up, even though he can't shoot a three, but it's because it stops his momentum from getting to the paint and being able to wiggle around. There is something to be said also about you know, I don't want to sound like the complainer fan, but a lot of the Celtics fans were complaining in the playoffs. Like there is something about when Giannis hooks, you're not allowed to do that. Like Giannis creates all the contact. And I understand that some of them are fouls. Yeah. Not every single one of them are fouls. The ones that the one that the Warriors challenged, like that wasn't a foul. They went straight up. In my opinion, I don't think like Giannis created the contact. They went straight up. Giannis flailed his legs out. Like that's just all that's good defense. I don't know how that was called a, a foul and also not overturned. So I think Giannis is the best player in the league. I'll say it here on this podcast. I think Giannis, Steph, and and uh, and Jokic in some order for me at least. I know you're your KD guy and stuff like. I get that KD's probably four for me, but I don't mean no disrespect to Giannis. But I think there is they do need to like, you know, call him a little more on the offensive fouls because it, it, he gets away with a lot. It's he's probably the hardest guy to referee. It's kind of like Shaq back in the day. Like mm-hmm. you could you could have called the foul on defense against Shaq like every single time down the court, uh, but you can't because you're stopping the game by doing that. So uh, I'm sure Giannis takes his fair share 
of punishment that doesn't really get called because he's so physical as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that play that you that you're mentioning, if you're Draymond and, Dre and, and you're Looney, or was it was it Looney? Kaminga, uh, Dre and Kaminga. Dre and Kaminga. Uh, they did everything that they were supposed to do, and sometimes Giannis is going to be able to dunk through that. He didn't. He actually, uh, lo- I think he either lost the ball or he shot it short or whatever. And so that was good defense. You need you need to reward the good defense. The the one time that you can actually play good defense and stop that guy, and then you, the referee still bailed him out, which was, you know, unfortunate. But oh well. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about that Boston game on Saturday. Much better basketball game if you're a Warriors fan. But didn't it just seem like Steph came out like wanting that game? Yeah, you're right. You always say it. TK always says it. Like these, some of these games get the Warriors up. Yeah, like, Memphis is about to do that to them on Christmas. Like they're going to come out and play. I'm convinced that they're going to bring their their best effort against Memphis. And Memphis has been so good right now. But yeah, some of those games do. You know, they they as as much as they probably don't want to admit it, like they do come to the table with more and ready to go in games like against the Celtics and games against, you know, LeBron's Cavs, but probably also against it's LeBron's home, Lakers, right? Too. It's it's like and a it's home, home thing. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. like like we said, the energy was so different from the beginning of that game. It felt bigger. It was a Saturday night game. It was the first ABC game of the season. Um, it felt like this was a big a big deal. And you know, Tuesday night in Milwaukee, random TNT game. They're the more they're the early game, you know, on the East Coast. So there's a little bit of a time change. Maybe yeah. some of that is is part of it. Uh, we'll see tomorrow if they're acclimated because they'll play Indiana. And and some of this is right is like Dre and Clay. Their excuse tomorrow cannot be that they got burned out from tonight's game because I think Steph played 27 minutes. So really quick, what's your starting lineup for tomorrow? No Clay Thompson and no Wiggins. Are you going? Are you going pool Lamb and Steph and Dre and Loon? Or are you going to going to throw Moody in there? Why don't they just play Kaminga? Then you have three non-shooters at the court to start the game, unless they start believing in Kaminga's three-pointer because Kaminga actually shot the three-ball well today. I think he was like three for five. Mm-hmm. Three for five. L- Lamb is kind of a non-shooter too, though. What is Lamb shooting for the year? From three it's point. probably good. I would expect. You know, we should look this up. Okay, I, I, I'll let's see if uh, let's see if the uh, the Warriors website has his full stats here. You just basketball reference it, man. I was already on the Warriors page. Um, <clears throat> he is shooting thirty eight percent from three. Dude, that's great. <laughs> one, he's making one point one of two point eight attempts. Um, he's shooting fifty one percent overall. Uh, and oddly, he's shooting 33% from the free throw line. <laughs> he probably takes like one every three <laughs> games. Well, if you were to guess, what would you think Anthony Lamb's collective plus minus is? I don't even want to guess. Actually, it's per game, plus minus per game, I think is what it is. Two plus two, minus one and a half. Wow, for, for Anthony Lamb. So yeah, yeah, I guess he probably is the and he's not they trust him to not screw stuff up. They trust him to not all of a sudden, you know, gets his first five minutes in and you know, Kamiga could have two fouls in the first five minutes just because yeah, he's so he needs to work on he's that. so hyper and he's so, you know, into it. Uh JK is shooting twenty nine point two percent from three. But uh, it has been better lately. That's kind of I think what they might be looking at. 
and he's but like, I, minus, they don't minus want three point three plus. I don't know if they'll ever want him to like catch it like Wiggins and Wiggins like okay I'm shooting this like I don't think they'll ever want that from him at least for this year. Yeah, I mean, why didn't what why are why are we not seeing Moody a little bit more? You know, I was gonna make a point as to why I think PBJ should play, and mm-hmm. it kind of and Moody. I feel like Moody's playing time messes with my my point I'm about to make, but I just feel like you have to play guys in some capacity who are able to shoot the ball at a professional level. And I think Moody and PBJ for as young as he is, he air, he airballed one today. I think it's not that great, but Patrick can shoot. Like he's kind of knocked down for his size too. And, and for how young he is, like he's mm-hmm. kind of, he's, he's a really good three point shooter. And I was going to say like, you almost need to give him a run because of how good he is from there and how bad Jermichael green has been from there. But then that completely messes up my point that Moody's not getting like the run that I think he should be getting, but yeah, I'm, uh, we uh, talk about this every week. Yeah. We're like, why doesn't Moody play that much? Well, in a game in which the Warriors didn't really uh, like, even when they made a little run in the end of the first half, I was not convinced that they were going to win this game. Mm-hmm. I was like, eh, they're probably losing this game in a game like that, where the whole thing is kind of decided. Moses Moody only played two more minutes than Patrick Baldwin. Yeah. That's that, weird. And Jamichael Green, who was terrible, he was really bad. All this this guy's supposed to play small ball five or power forward, and all of his shots were from three. And no, Nate uh, Duncan. Nate Duncan tweeted. He said the Warriors are going to need a need to find a way to not have Jamichael Green in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with him. Jamichael Green, thirteen minutes, six fouls. I almost like it was the I made a very strong point in the beginning of the year that it has just been a complete flop about who I thought Jermichael Green could be as a player. And I know we've referenced it a couple of times on this podcast, but is there a point of like, you know, trying to stick with him and see if he can start knocking down threes? I don't want that. I would rather just usher in and try PBJ, even though they're against the rooks. But I feel like, you know, PBJ is the coach's kid. He's the stereotypical coach's kid who does the things the right way. He looked lost out there, but it's because he's been in Santa Cruz, not playing warrior sets. So I think once you get him into the Warriors offense, the off ball screens, the, you know, the, the, the defensive aspect of it as well, the screening for Steph stuff, I think I just would... I would much rather be watching PBJ go through the bumps and bruises than watch what Jermichael Green does out there on a nightly basis. All right, well, we'll fully move to the Boston game, but I think Wiseman should have been on the uh, uh, on the court tonight. Not, not not to say that he would have been a difference, but they needed some height and length in this game today. Yep. All right, so uh, you know the, we we were already talking about this Boston game. Um, the, when you look at the numbers of this Boston game, the thing that stands out to me is even though we think that this fast five lineup with Jordan should get them going and, and should be a, a boost, even in that Boston game, not it's rare that all three guys play well. It's usually if two of the guys play well, sometimes it's Steph and Jordan and and clay struggles. Clay had his best game of the season, even though I still thought he was hunting a little bit too much. Yeah. 34 points hit four threes. 
Um, Steph was 12 for 21. Uh, he hit six threes. Jordan was one of nine from three in that game. Now, the one thing he did do well is he got to the free throw line. He 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 had uh, half of their free throws as a team just by himself. But five of 16 uh, from the field in that one of nine from three. So I still st- it's still weird. Like I, whatever, whatever it is, like all three guys don't seem to play well together. So it has to be something. Also, that the isn't the court. fast five. If Wiggins isn't there, that's technically not true. the lineup. Or... True, true, true. Uh, but just those three guys together, you would think that the offense would be go up to the next level, right? It doesn't really work that way, though, because one of them might be in a different spot that they're not used to. Clay maybe is in, you know, in a different, in a little more outside on the wing. And, you know, Poole's not having the ball as much if Steph's on the court. Whatever it is. Uh, yeah, it's just all three of them, you know, they don't all play well together. There's usually, it's usually two, sometimes only one. And Steph is the only one who has a good game mm-hmm. and, and sometimes they can win that way. But yeah, that, that's the first thing that stood out to me. Cause like when I was watching the game and I didn't, I hadn't looked at the box score in any way, but I was watching the game and I just assumed that everyone played well because the team played so well. And that is that that is not not really the case, especially with Jordan, uh, Moses, and even even uh, you know Divincenzo's plus minus was amazing. And I was just like, if if in the back of my mind, if you would have asked me what Divincenzo's numbers were, I'd have been like, oh, he had like ten points, he had like five rebounds, he had like five assists, five like three steals. No, he had he had three points. And he had eight, eight rebounds and three assists. So it's just like you watch it, and when it looks like they're all sort of working together, and then you look at the numbers, that's, it doesn't always uh, look that way. Um, yeah. DiVincenzo was a plus 20, though. He and Steph were tied for the team lead, plus 20. Uh, JK had another great game. He was actually a minus three in this game. I, I wonder what, I wonder what uh, lineups he was going up against in Boston. How I, many I, minutes did he play in 21. That game? Okay. Uh, but he was uh, 14 points, five rebounds, three assists. The thing that stands out for him in that in that game is just the confidence. Like he was so confident against, and it's some of it is like, oh, I'm playing against Tatum and and Brown, and those guys are, you know, two of the best, uh, you know, shooting guard, small forwards in, in the league. And so I, I'm going to raise my game to that level. So that was cool to watch. But yeah, I thought he played so confidently. Um, he had that one where, uh, did he, did he like, he like did a move and he dr- dropped the ball and then he got it and then he dunked from like underneath the basket. Tayden. Yeah. That was awesome. Like, it was mm-hmm. like, where's that? Where's that been? I want to see more I, of that. I think it's also easier to be confident when you know, like you have Steph clay and Draymond and playing with you. Like if, you know, if you're yeah. going into a fight and you have like four huge guys, you know, you're probably a little more confident than you should be, but uh, I'm with it. Uh, you know how high I've been on Kaminga. My favorite, Grant Williams, minus six. He did <laughs> nothing on this court. We've been really good at, you know, the guys that Draymond picks on and then yeah. he's kind of in their head. Like Blake Griffin's like one of them, right? Yeah. Blake, I mean, Blake, Blake, Blake actually played okay, but he just doesn't have that ri- the ability to rise anymore. But yeah, yeah, Draymond eats his lunch every single yeah. time. Yeah. What I will say is that when we did the podcast, 
and talked about the game last week, it was under the assumption that the only player, important player missing for Boston was Robert Williams. Yeah. And right when Al Horford was ruled out, I texted you and we have the text thread to prove it. I was just like, I think that, you know, the Warriors are probably, I don't know if I said they're going to win this game, but I had their game plan. I was like, I think this is what they're going to do because the Warriors don't really like just doing like the pick and roll and they like to get everyone involved, but it just Mm -hmm. seems like sometimes just do the most simple thing because you look at when Rob Williams and Al Horford are out, you look at the Celtics big depth. It is Blake Griffin Noah Vonley, who is like a not a good NBA player, and Luke Cornett, who just plays ultra drop, like not like like Brooke Lopez worst type drop coverage. And so they they just did that and they played those guys off the court. And then the Celtics didn't like turn to any bigs, I think, after Blake's first stint in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And so then the Warriors could just go back to playing their style, which is, you know, move the ball off ball screen, all that stuff. But it just seemed like just just do the just do the pick and roll and and have them play drop coverage and Steph and Jordan and Clay could just feast. And I think they they did it perfectly. They I predicted before Al went out, I was like, either the Warriors are getting boat race or they're winning this by a couple points. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't expect the Warriors to win by like 20 or whatever they did. But that was before Al went out. When they when Al went out, I st- no, I still didn't think that. I still didn't think the Warriors were going to win by twenty. Well, Cornette didn't play. He he played like ten minutes. So it was, it was Blake playing twenty, and then they went to the small lineup because Brogdon and and Derek White played a lot together. Derek White was so bad. I was like, oh my gosh, the the he beat us. Uh, he he had a good game against us, like one 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 or two games in the finals. And then he was bad the rest of the way. Uh, Jalen Brown though, man. God, he's so, so good. good against us. And he, he's good against the rest of the league, too. I mean, you have two guys scoring over 26 points a game. But Tatum, you know, if we're counting the finals, uh, Tatum has had, I, I would say, a more average games or worse against the Warriors than he's had good games against the Warriors. And so I don't know what it is. and I don't know if it's just they're able to... Be maybe be a little physical with him, or he's, you know, thinking that he's got to take it over. But whatever, whatever it is, it's like, dude, just just do what Jalen Brown is doing. Just be aggressive, and and you know, if you if you try and go to the hole and you get stopped by good defense, go into your bag. Then you got another move, and then that good defense is all of a sudden, you know, eating your fade away. Like it was, it, it was, it was a really good performance by Brown and Tatum was a little bit more mechanical. Like it wasn't smooth. It was like Brown was Brown was smooth. It's like, boom, get to my spot. Boom. Okay. Third move. And if I miss no biggie, Tatum was just like so mechanical. And he, he, you know, there's a couple where he, he, he went to the hole and, and got a dunk or a layup, but everything just seemed so hard for him in that game. Yeah. He seemed like he was settling way too much, but yeah. You know, I thought what was interesting was that we talked about it on this podcast, how we thought that not only were the Warriors going to get up for this game, but the Celtics were going to have this one circled on the calendar. Yeah, The Warriors took the finals away from them. The Celtics were like close to going up 3-1 and the Warriors end up just, you know, going 2-2 and then winning the whole thing. But I just, um, I think we just expected the Celtics to, to want this one. And I think they did, but... In the press conference, the post-game stuff, Tatum was saying that, you know, it was just another game for them. And Brown said that they had this one circled. And then Marcus <laughs> Smart was apparently... Okay, and this is according to... Uh, I listened to the Tampering Pod today, the athletic show with Slater, with Sam Amick, and with Fred Katz. And uh-huh. Sam Amick was in the Celtics locker room. Yeah, he, he, did, said a Marcus, piece, he did a piece with... Uh, 
with um, Jared Wise. Yeah, that's what it was, where, where they interviewed both Tatum and Brown. Yeah, and um, Amick said that, you know, Marcus Smart's, like, always just been a really nice guy and always is, like, you know, very warm and, and welcoming. But um, And he said no disrespect to Smart at all, but, you know, Smart was just really down in the dumps. So I'm just, in, like, that's intriguing that, like, Tatum has a bad game, and he's like, no, we didn't circle this. This was just another game to us. And everyone else is like, yeah, no, we had this one circled. And they they should have. I don't know why Tatum, I guess, I guess that. I don't blame him for responding like that, but it's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta show up. You're yeah. having an MVP season. The Celtics, like you said in the podcast, is like the best offense of like potentially all time as at the moment. And you know, we, I, you're supposed to bring it. This team upset you in the finals, upset in quotation marks, but you know they lost to the Celtics the next game too. Um, and then they played the Lakers tonight and only won by four. I don't know if that was the Lakers playing really well. I don't watch it. We're doing this podcast, but. Uh, you know, I I, w- I I wouldn't have been surprised if the Lakers won this game. So I don't know what's I don't know what's going on in Boston right now. But man, that was a nice one to win. Anthony Davis is <laughs> killing everybody. Yeah, Anthony Davis has been awesome. Oh my God. But, yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll we're gonna get out of here in a second. Um. So I think what we're gonna do is so let's look at this schedule here. So they play Wednesday in Indiana, and it's a 4 p.m. start. So it's even earlier in this game. East Coast trips. And then Friday against the 76ers at it's probably uh, early too, right? 430. Yep. Sunday at 3 p.m. against the Raptors. No 49ers, though, so I'll be able to watch this one live. Niners play on Thursday, and uh, Rod and I will be back Thursday night after 49ers Seahawks. Talk about that game. And then Tuesday against New York, Wednesday against Brooklyn. So we'll probably, you and I will probably be back the Thursday. Um, the third, the Thursday after the the rest of the road trip. So we'll have like five whole games to talk about, and then we can preview the Memphis game. So we'll have a lot. We'll have a lot to talk about on the on the next show. We didn't have as much stuff to talk about on this one because we were only talking about these two games. But I thought, you know, if there's if the Warriors could pull off this Bucks game, it'll be a great night to do a recap show. And then they failed us. Not they're not dead to me like Aaron Judge, but man, this inconsistency of of playing awesome and making me feel like, oh, they're back, and then playing terrible and then making me think like, no, there's no way. They're not even close. Like, that's been, that's probably the hardest thing to watch of season so far. Yeah, I mean, there's there's still some good things to take out of the bad. Um, I think they're most of the, most of the time usually is. It's, I think, you know, Kaminga solidifying himself as the seventh best player on this team um, is, is a really good sign. DiVincenzo, the past two games, has been absolutely terrific. Like, even tonight against the Bucks, against all these players, homecomings, PBJ, Poole, and Loon, DiVincenzo took the revenge game really personally, and and at, was I thought he was awesome tonight. He got a little comfortable with that shot, though. I think he was like 5 of 15 shooting or something like that tonight. <laughs> he's, the, he's the rebounding guard. He's the make-the-extra-effort guy. Like, I'm just, you know, we talked about the potential moody DiVincenzo package for Caruso. That's not really been a rumor except for Bill Simmons, but yeah, I, I like DiVincenzo. I, I like what he brings to the team. He brings, he brings the grit. He brings part of that grit that, and he's, he's good enough to consistently play unless, unlike, you know, Anthony Lamb's ideally going to be sitting at some point consistently here. So he's an um, easy, he's an easy guy to root for. Cause he's a totally. on the small side. So he's diving all over the court and he's, you know, grabbing rebounds over big guys because he's reading the reading them r- really well. I just I just want him to shoot. I just want him to yeah. be able to make a couple more threes because if he can do that, then then his game just 
become so much better. Uh, I feel he, like he's convinced he's like a sharpshooter. He doesn't have like a specific point on the court where he's just like consistently shooting it. He kind of shoots from all around the arc, and I don't know if he's that kind of guy. He had one season in his young career so far. He's a, he's hasn't been in the league that long, where he shot above forty five percent for the season. I'm talking twos and threes. One one year in his entire career, so he's been a low forty shooter for his career, and this year he is shooting thirty seven point six percent for the Warriors and thirty three point three from three. So that needs to that needs to be better because you can't you you know we're, you're you're talking about oh you know we, we need shooters on the court and the only thing worse than a non shooter who's not going to take shots is a guy who thinks he's a shooter and takes shots like those two things are really bad and he needs to improve uh, for that second unit on that because I think they trust him right like you you see. Like if he's the guy who who shoots the the open three at the end of the shot clock, the team looks like they're confident that it's going in, and I feel good that it's going in, but it's not going in as as much as uh, I think that they want it to go in. Another good sign: Wiseman's kicking butt finally in the G League, like actually you know stringing together really good stat lines with solid plus minuses too. And I don't know if I don't know if Fitz is like the internal source here, but he said on the broadcast like we expect to see him. Uh, did you get the TNT broadcast tonight? No. Well, I recorded it off of Hulu, and Hulu almost always picks this the NBC Sports Bay Area. Yeah. Version. I mean, well, I think you record that specific channel for I it. just record Warriors. That's all oh, I record, okay, okay, okay. and it just picks. I didn't get TNT tonight for some reason. It was weird. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would I would prefer I, I would prefer the, the TNT broadcast so I don't have to hear about uh, – Kalena's goggles and, and a little goofy. St- <laughs> Kalena, Kalena was singing at the end. He's he's growing on me a little bit though. Yeah, I, 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 like I think he's I think he's much better this year. Fitz is still Fitz. You know, when the Warriors are losing, Fitz is really bad because he just tries and makes excuses. But he didn't really do that tonight. He was just like Milwaukee's just good, man. And he's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Fitz basically said on the broadcast that Wiseman's going to get uh, some run in this road trip. Yeah, we'll that's see. good. That's good. I'm I hope I'm hopeful. Um I don't know what he can give them this year playing 5 to 10 minutes a game. I don't think that's good for him, but I also don't gather if they're barely playing Kaminga 21 minutes a game, I can't imagine that they're just going to throw Wiseman in for 15. It just doesn't seem like that's the thing. So he's going to have to whenever he gets in the game He's going to have to immediately cont- uh, contribute to the team or risk, you know, risk getting Moody, man, because that's Moody's whole thing. Moody just knows if he makes a mistake, he's going out. So he doesn't mm-hmm. want to make a mistake. And uh, then he just passes up open shots. Uh, <clears throat> anything else? Uh, I was just going to ask, like, what is like the average minutes played for like the seventh guy in your lineup, in your rotation? Because it's like Kaminga getting those average minutes like tonight he got 27 but it's because they gave up in the third quarter so he was able to just play basically that whole time but like normally i don't know what his minutes played are but like what's the normal average for like a guy who's supposed to be the seventh man in the rotation because i feel like he's probably still under that on average yeah um let let's look at the uh the Celtics. let's just look at the celtics they only play like seven guys though <laughs> Let's see. I think it's it's 
it's either Brogdon or White. Where well, uh, and and now okay, there's stats. Okay, so the Celtics Celtics uh, player stats. Um, I'll look at Kaminga's basketball reference if you don't have it open. Why? Why does it? Why do they do this? You could do Celtics basketball reference. It's very okay. I found it. <clears throat> okay, so what do we consider their their top six guys? Um, starting lineup plus Brogdon, but Rob hasn't played. So like, Horford, probably Horford, Horford, and Grant as Grant. the uh, obviously Tatum Brown, Jalen Brogdon as the sixth guy. Probably Derek as the seventh guy. Okay, so Derek White plays twenty five minutes a game. And Kaminga is at 16.9. Oh, no, 16.7. So Grant plays uh, 28.8. Uh, Brogdon plays 23.4. And wow, Sam Hauser plays 16.5 minutes a game. Yep. And Blake, Blake plays 16, but he doesn't play. He plays like every other game. Yeah, he's going to get DMPs when Rob gets back consistently. Yeah. Um, yeah, that 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 they're gonna they're gonna be dangerous when when Rob comes back if he's if yeah. he's healthy because if he's hurt he's still good hurt last year but yeah that, that you know you need to get those yeah. things right my my point with that was just like you're saying you know how can the if the Warriors are only giving Kaminga X minutes how can they possibly give Wiseman this but I think they're gonna give Kaminga more on average yes yes I I believe that. All right, so like I said, I think we'll be back next Thursday. So there'll be a lot of games to talk about, and then we can preview Christmas, uh, which Christmas is on a Sunday, so that'll we'll, we'll, that. And they're the they're the primetime game, so they're what the is it like a five o'clock game or something like that? Ooh, nice. I'm so it excited might be, for that. It might be that. Okay, so we'll be back next week. Hopefully, Facebook has it all figured out so we can stream like normally. Uh, anything on the bad this week that you want to mention? The bag, <laughs> the bad, the the bam. Uh, football recorded. I got to post that, and then I think we're gonna talk Pelicans tomorrow because they've been they're like the first seed in the West. We talked yeah, to Will. To the Suns. They've, they've they've sucked lately too. Both of Max's teams, the Suns and the Celtics, look like the clear number one seeds, and now they're yeah. both just like on losing streaks. I guess Celtics yeah. just won tonight, but uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on, Phoenix. All right, so that will that'll do it. We'll be back uh, next week. So for Bry, I'm Double G. See you when we see you. Peace out. This is Andy Herman from the Packaday Podcast. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if we worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and business operations. Now they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. Blue Wire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be part of the Blue Wire investment round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire. That's wefunder.com slash bluewire. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.